Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to the Lens of Faith podcast. We're launching off season two with special guest evangelist and pastor Randy Coggins II. He's a husband and father and has a cutest little family. And he has a big announcement today at the end of the show. So make sure you stay tuned. Hey, Pastor Randy. Welcome to the podcast. How you doing? You doing all right? I'm doing great. Well, let's jump right in. Let's get to know you. Who is Randy Coggins II? I was uh, raised in a uh, in a pastor's home. My parents, uh, I've, I've been in ministry pretty much my entire life. And uh, my parent, my dad has been in ministry now for right at 40 years. Actually, this Sunday will be 40 years of ministry, full-time ministry for my dad. And uh, my dad traveled and evangelized uh, full-time for a long time. And then he pastored as well for most of my life. And now he's back on the road full-time traveling as an evangelist. And then alongside with my mom, my parents pastored some great churches. I grew up in the denomination of the Church of God, Pentecostal denomination. And um, my parents kept us around great men and women of God. And then at the age of uh, 12 years old, there was a lady by the name of Judy Jacobs who came to my father's church and uh, preach. And and that was the night in the altar service that night that God called me to preach at 12 years old. Wow! And uh, ever since that moment, uh, my father gave me the opportunity at 12 years old to preach on a Sunday night. And uh, so I ministered to our home church on a Sunday night at the age of 12 years old, and I've been preaching ever since. What was your first sermon about? You know what? I can't even remember what it was about. <laughs> okay. I know I know it was short. And uh, I know it was one of those short and sweet things. Yeah, and, like Jesus loves you bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so um so I did that and then I went on my first road trip away from my parents at the age of thirteen with uh with uh, Judy and her husband. We got on their tour bus and we went through the state of Florida at like seven different stops, seven different churches, and it was on that trip. Uh, where I was carrying the product and helping at the tape table and going to several TV studios at TBN and CTN when I was 13 with them. And that at that moment, I knew what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And um, God used that moment just to show me my future. And um, and ever since then, you know, I went through, uh, you know, I was I was quote unquote normal, as you say, through my teenage years. You know, I still spoke in youth and stuff like that. Uh, but I was in middle school and high school like everybody else. I played sports um, in my high school years around my junior and senior year. I was kind of hanging around the wrong people. I never did anything too crazy, but got around the wrong crowd and kind of got away from, quote unquote, my calling as I hate to say it's normal. But sometimes you go through that when you're going in high school and stuff like that. So but right after I graduated uh, high school, uh, I met Carrie. I met uh, who would who would be my wife. Oh, Carrie. She's such a sweetie. Little did I know we actually went to the same high school for a short period of time, but we didn't even know each other. Oh, wow. Florida's big. It's crazy how she was raised in a different city. I was raised in a different city. And we happened to move to the same city almost the same month of the same year. Oh, come on, guys. And we ended up and we ended up meeting. And so she came into my father's church, her and her family. And uh, that's how we met. I met Carrie and we started dating uh, right after let's see, she um, she was still 17. I had just turned 18 and she was about to be 18. And uh, we met, we dated a year, we were engaged a year and then we got married. Aww. And uh, but it was after meeting her um, where I started shifting my focus back to ministry. And uh, she was a big part and a big play in all of that as well. And um, so. Um, that's what happened. And so about by the age of 18 years old, 
um, I started really preaching again and really ministering and people started inviting me and social media was getting really big and started posting videos and stuff. And, and, um, and then about a year and a half later, I got a call to uh, host TBN's Praise the Lord program at the age of 20 years old, uh, where I became the youngest host on TBN's Praise the Lord. And uh, that really did a huge deal for our ministry. And uh, God used that and just kind of kept elevating. And I, uh, ever since that moment, from the age of 16, when we moved to Florida, um, uh, my parents went to work for a for a major ministry here in Florida. And um, I was introduced to mega ministry at a very young age. So I was able to meet people like Bishop T.D. Jakes, Pastor Rob Parsley, and Bishop Clint Brown at a very young age. And um, and so they've they've watched me and seen me grow up and they've all given me the opportunities uh, to be around them and, and to uh, have a chance. And um, here recently, just at the end of last year, I had the opportunity to preach for Bishop Jakes at the Potter's House on a Wednesday night. Um, it was a powerful, powerful experience. And I was uh, on one of his reality TV shows called The Gospel Season 2 The Greatest Preacher You've Never Heard. And so that was a pretty cool experience and a lot of exposure. And so God's just been opening up doors. And get this, friends, he's taking the kingdom by storm, and he's only 26 years old. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about how to hear from the voice of God. And you have five W's that you want to share on how to hear from the voice of God. So tell us more about that, Randy. Something we've lacked on teaching people is how to hear the true voice of God. And I kind of just broke it down and uh, to kind of five steps, five W's. I think that's what I called it, the five W's to hear in the voice of God. And, and I just kind of found these in my time of reading and studying and really you know, a lot of people think the preacher has to hear the voice of God or uh, or somebody in ministry has to hear the voice of God. And, and don't get me wrong. God will use ministers. God will use pastors and leaders to hear certain things and to put it out to the people and put it out to their churches and ministries. And that's how God works. But I believe that it is God's will for all of his people to be connected and to hear that that true voice. And um, in, Habakkuk, in Habakkuk chapter two, verses two and three, it says, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it because it will surely come. And the five W's to hear in the voice of God. Number one was withdrawal. And kind of like what God did to you, Leah, he, he withdrew you. He called you to get alone, right? Um, you know, to separate. Because sometimes, um, as I've said before, you don't need everybody around you all the time. Uh, there are certain moments of isolation that uh, that are needed in order to hear God's voice. And I know sometimes for me personally, it's hard for me to stay focused when there's a lot going on around me. Me too. You know, when I go to a restaurant or if I'm with a big crowd of people or there's a big crowd at the restaurant, I'll stay focused on the people that are around me and the big crowd and I'll forget to eat. I'll forget to eat my food that came out and I'll just be, you know, drinking a water or something the whole time. And uh, and by the end of the night or by the end of the time where there is time to pay and I haven't ate anything. And so I'll take my food to go and eat it when I get home because the distraction is no longer there. And so in reality, I forgot to do the very thing that I went to the restaurant to do. I went to the restaurant to eat. I went because I was hungry, but because of the distractions, right? I didn't, I didn't achieve the goal that I went there to achieve. And same applies spiritually. We have to withdraw 
and get alone sometimes and separate with God so that he can fully speak to us. Yes, because I'm like you, I get easily distracted, you know, squirrel. Yes, yeah, it's true, squirrel. I have to be super intentional because I've never been someone that is naturally super focused. Yeah. I literally have to silence my phone and even put it in the other room because, you know, it like will beckon me if it is. And so like, I have to be very intentional. Yeah. So if you're someone like us, where it's not easy to stay still or focus, you really have to fight for that time with God, you know, yeah. and the enemy, he'll just use distraction all day long till the next thing you know, it's midnight and you're too tired to yeah. spend yeah. time with him or to pray and worship and read the word, you know, you have to be very intentional. Yeah. You know, like even like trying to sit down to read a book, I get antsy and I want to move around and, you know, I've always been more of a visual learner, right? Right. I'm the same way. Visual learner. Yeah. I was the same way in school when they brought out the movies and the stuff and everything. I was, I loved it. But when they put the book down, you know, I'm like, uh, now you lost me. Yeah. We have to make that quiet time with God a priority, you know, to sit and be still so we can hear his voice. And many times we have to fight for that time. If you think that the enemy is just going to sit back and allow his people to get closer, to walk in our purpose, to connect with Jesus and to be the hands and feet of Jesus, right? And to tell more people about Jesus, then we are mistaken. You know, we have to remember that we do have an enemy that's real. We have a God that's greater, but the enemy is real. You know, as the Bible says, he's here to steal, kill, and destroy. And so just keep that in mind when you're trying to have quiet time with Jesus. I agree. So number one was withdrawal. Number two is wait. So that's something that a lot of people don't like to do, especially now. Really? That's the hardest thing. Yeah, it's waiting. It's waiting. But a lot of people confuse that sometimes as waiting is doing nothing. There's a difference in waiting and doing nothing. Right. When you wait on God, that means you maintain. You occupy. You do what he's telling you to do. Right. It doesn't mean you're fully taking that step forward yet, but you're not going back and you're not being stagnant. That means waiting. Waiting is something a lot of people hate, especially now because everything is so fast paced. We have our technology. We have our cell phones. We have fast airplanes, cars, trains, and all of that stuff. And I believe that our refusal to wait is the reason why we miss God a lot. We don't take a lot of time to just wait on him. You know, I say this all the time. You know, we live in a microwave generation, right? Everything needs to be done in a minute. (laughs) You know, if God wants us to do something, then he needs to move quick, right? It needs to happen quick. But God doesn't work that way. God is a crockpot God, you know? He takes his time, right? It's the truth. But we live in a generation where everything needs to be quicker. Everything needs to be faster. The faster phone, the faster internet, the faster car, you know, faster, 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 right? But God doesn't work that way. In fact, many times he's the total opposite. But because we live in that type of society, you know, you'll have friends that if God tells you to do something crazy and it doesn't happen right away, then they might leave your life or stop believing and become skeptical, right? Because it happened in their timing on their timetable. But God is God. Who are we to say time's up, right? His ways are perfect and detailed in all of his ways. Right, right, right. And he gives us the grace to run our race. Don't get me preaching, Randy. (laughs) And, and I always say it like this, never mistake waiting for punishment. Ooh, that's good. Never think that you're waiting because you've done something wrong. Joseph was not thrown into the pit because he was disobedient. Right. David was not thrown into the cave because he was disobedient. Noah didn't end up building the ark by himself because he was disobedient. They were all obedient, but their obedience caused them to get into a place of isolation and to get into a period of waiting. 
And so kind of going off what you just said, Leah, is about how God, you know, is not a microwavable God, even though we know God can do a miracle right now. He has that power. We know it. Right. But sometimes God says, just wait for it because it's going to be worth the wait. And so like what you just said, God is not a fast food restaurant. And I believe in this season and in this time, especially now, God is saying, calm your thoughts, calm your emotions, because some people just get so antsy in their thoughts and their emotions. That's why they do things prematurely. But calm your thoughts, calm your emotions, quiet yourself, because God speaks to the person who actually takes the time to listen. doesn't mean they're more anointed. doesn't mean they um, have some special uh, relationship with God. God speaks to the person who actually takes the time to listen. Right. And I also believe that the key to waiting is trust. Yeah. Because when we really trust that God's ways are better and His timing is perfect, then the wait isn't as excruciating, right? Yeah. We're able to wait. And He's also showed me, too, that there's no FOMO, you know? Right, right, right. That's funny. There's no fear of missing out. There's no wasted years or wasted time. You know, the enemy will lie to us and, and tell us that, you know, we're getting older or we're wasting time or we've waited too long. But the truth is that God really redeems time yeah. and any years that you have spent are not wasted. Nothing is wasted, right? And in that time, He is preparing you, He's transforming you, and He's doing whatever it is that God needs to do. But you know, us as humans... We want to be in control of things, you know, it's human nature to be in control of our lives and control of the outcome or the situations, right? But we have to trust God and live in full confidence, believing without even a sliver of a doubt that God is who He is and that He has our back. You know, many people know my story that I've been in almost a decade of waiting on so many promises that God has for me and have had to uproot um, everything that's familiar to me. And some people, you know, I've lost friends in this journey and some people think it's, it's kind of crazy and they don't understand the wait. But I have more peace now than I've ever had in my life. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that God is who he says he is and every promise will come to pass. That's powerful. He'll show us where we're going, but he never shows us what it's going to take to get there. Right. Because he wants us to fully trust him and he wants to ultimately get all of the glory. It's true. Because if he shows us what it's going to take, most of us would never leave the beginning. Most of us, if if God would have told Jesus at the beginning of his life, you're going to have to die at 33 years old on a cross that you're not. But Jesus didn't want to die on the cross. He said, let this cup pass from me. He begged and pleaded, God, please do not let me do this. Do not make me do it. Is there another way? But the blood had to be shed. There had to be an atonement. There had to be a sacrifice. And so literally, God says sometimes to hear me that you have to wait. You have to wait. That's the one thing I love about God. Nothing is ever wasted. Nothing. Nothing small, nothing large. Nothing is ever wasted. So the five steps, five W's to hear in the voice of God. Number one, withdraw. Number two, wait. Number three, watch. Now, this is very interesting because it says in the scripture, I will look to see what the Lord will say. And that's very, that could be very confusing to some people if you really don't slow down and read every word. I will look to see what the Lord will say. That literally means just translating that into how we talk right now. It's literally saying, read his word, because God's will is his word. There is nothing, there is absolutely nothing that that the word does not have in it. 
if we have any question, if we have anything that we that we need to, to, to find out, it is all locked inside of the word of God. And some people will come up to me sometimes in my travels and stuff, and they'll say, they'll try to be all smart and say, God has given them like a brand new revelation that nobody has ever heard, that nobody's ever seen before. And I understand where they're coming from, and I understand what they're saying. But the word of God says, my word never changes. Amen. So there, and it also says that there's nothing new under the sun. So when you realize that everything we would ever want and anything we would ever need is found in between Genesis and Revelation and the word of God. Now, God will show you different things that'll help you realize what's in there. That'll be personally and just strategically for you. And But we have to look in his word and find his will for our life because his word never changes, but it'll change you. Exactly. God's word never changes, but it will change everything about you. And also with watching, he will bring, when you're watching with your eyes, he will bring his word to life. Yes. And he's done that so many times in the scripture. Like when the Bible talks about the pillar of fire or or the chariots of fire or um, um, even uh, many more examples. Noah, he sent a rainbow. Noah would have never knew about the promise if he wouldn't have saw the rainbow. God didn't speak to him. He literally sent the rainbow and said, Noah, here's, there's your promise. Look at it. And he says, I'll never flood the earth again. And so if you don't keep your eyes open, you might miss the voice of God. So what will he do to let us know that he has heard our prayers? That's why we got to keep watching. That's why you got to keep watching about it, uh, everything that goes on um, in your life and for your life. And so these are the five W's to hear in the voice of God. So this is the fourth one right here. The fourth one is right, writing things down. God told the, the prophet Habakkuk in Habakkuk chapter two. Yep. Here's my notebook right here. I write down everything that God tells me. That's right. You got a notebook right there, Leah. It says write down. And I'm, I'm the same way. You know, a lot of people like typing in their phones and stuff now. And that's cool. And that's great. But I, I get out my notebook and I, I'm telling you, I go to writing. Old school. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about writing it down. But uh, God told Habakkuk, write down what I'm about to show you. Write down what I'm going to show you. Think about this. We would have never gotten the Bible as we know it if it would not been would not have been for men and women who wrote what they saw. He said, write it down and make it plain. And God gave Habakkuk three reasons to write things down. I want to go through these very quickly. Write it down. Number one, God says, write it down so that the one who reads it may run. Now, that may sound very odd, because why would God want the reader to run from what is written? Run in that scripture right there is a poetic meaning. That um, or a poetic saying that means to carry out one's life in obedience to the word of God. So good. That's that's the first reason. Write it down so that the one who reads it causes them to carry out their life in obedience to the word of God. Number two, write it down because the ultimate answer is not here yet. Write it down so that you know it's going to come. It's going to come to pass because the vision is yet for an appointed time. And then number three, write it down because it's going to cause you to wait for it. We consider our prayers answered when we can see the finished result. And that brings me to the final one, number five. The final W is worship. Worship, worship, worship. All God has done up to this point in Habakkuk chapter two, verses two and three is he has spoken and affirmed to the prophet Habakkuk 
that he is going to act at the appointed time. And he says, Prophet Abaka, continue to wait. Write down what I have told you so that you know what you are waiting for. Be patient. We talked about that earlier, Leah. Be patient and trust in me. Yes. Be patient and trust in me. And Habakkuk literally tells God, he says, I've heard what you've said, and now I worship you. And so every listener today, when is the last time you really worshiped God? Not for what he's done, not for what he's going to do, but just for who he is. For his unfailing character. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Everything and anything you see on this planet, he created it. And if he did all of that, In six days, he created the heavens and the earth in six days and rested on the seventh. What makes you think that your God can't handle your situation? Preach. So when God speaks, don't forget to worship. Why? Because God always has everything under control. Hold on to his promises and hear that true voice of God. The five W's, the five steps to hearing the voice of God. Withdraw, wait, watch, write and worship. And that's what I believe people need to get in their spirit during this season and during this time. Wow, that was so good, Pastor Randy. To hear the voice of God, we need to withdraw, we need to wait, we need to watch, we need to write, and we need to worship. Well, Pastor Randy, speaking on hearing clearly the voice of God, you have a big announcement to make. This year, 2020, since the beginning of May, Carrie and I have been praying and we knew that a shift was coming. I've been on the road full time uh, as an evangelist, preaching about 100 days a year, along with doing TV every week um, on Faith Broadcasting Network. And um, and God has been blessing us. God has been expanding us. Uh, but we had been feeling that a shift was coming. We just didn't know exactly where, exactly what it was going to be, because we had had several opportunities come our way. But we just didn't feel like it was a time to do any of those or that was not for us. So um, uh, beginning of May 2020, Mother's Day weekend this year, um, um, we felt the call and we felt the shift um, to move to Raleigh, North Carolina. Woo-woo. Yep. And plant and launch, um, echo church. We decided to do an event there called the gathering. I was there. Yep. You were there. And, uh, what an amazing time that we had. It was a, it was a crazy experience because anything that the enemy quote unquote, the enemy could have done, he did it. I mean, you were there, the generator stopped working. Right. The storm popped up out of nowhere. Uh, we had to start an hour late. It was in the middle of a pandemic. People were already staying home. It was Father's Day weekend on top of that. And uh, but lo and behold, we pressed through and starting an hour late, we had over 116 people and still had 25 to 30 volunteers and God moved in a powerful way. I believe, I mean, we, we've had testimonies after testimony from people who were there and um, not counting the people who didn't make it, but people who were there that lives were touched that day. And so ever since that moment, I was standing on that field, Carrie and I uh, went back to the airport the next morning to fly to Florida. While we were at the gate there at Raleigh-Durham International Airport, I began to cry like I've never cried before right there at the airport gate. Wow. And uh, because I knew God told me to go to go to this city. And as we flew out from that city and I saw downtown Raleigh, my heart immediately attached to that city. Um, I looked at Carrie and I said, we're going to move here. Wow. And we're going to have a church that looks like heaven. Amen. And I said, we're going to touch the world from this city. And whatever we got to do, we're going to do it. 
And uh, so that's what we've started doing. And ever since that moment, uh, we've locked arms with some great people, uh, including yourself. You know what I love about the vision of Echo Church? You know, we're in the South and there's a church on every corner, right? Right. So why plant another church? But I believe God's saying that Echo Church is going to be different. It's going to be set apart and uncommon. With the heart and passion for outreach and authentic relationships and a diverse church that looks like heaven, like you said, and making Jesus known everywhere in and beyond the four walls, right? Right. So it's not going to be just another church. This is going to be a church that really carries the heart of Jesus with a passion for the Father's work, you know? I believe that in this time, God is shaking up the church, and it's going to look different. It's going to come back to the simple gospel and the heart of Jesus, which is to love people, to care for the broken, and to be the church outside of the building. We're in a time where we're being forced to stay at home and not enter into a church building. But this is all in preparation because God is trying to purify his church and to call forth the set apart. Right, right, right. And I believe if we've ever needed a time where church needs to stand up for the truth, and um, it's right now and um, not with a political motive, not with anything like that, but but with just the pure word of God and and seeing souls saved and literally a church that looks like heaven from black, white to Asian to Hispanic to every every creed and color you could imagine. And it's 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 right now. But you have to move in faith. Amen. Obedience is better than sacrifice. But sometimes obedience will lead you to sacrifice. Mm. I always say that obedience is better than sacrifice. But sometimes obedience will cause you to leave comfortable place to that comfortable place. Leave stability, leave whatever that is or looks like, leave family. Like Carrie and I and our kids, we're, we're picking up and moving to an entire different state where we don't know anybody. Oh, I feel you. I know about uprooting. You know, except for the people we're connected to now, but we don't have family in North Carolina. We don't, you know, there's, it's something that uh, we've never, you know, done before. We're excited about it, but yet it is faith. It is faith, but we know all things are going to work out. All things work together for the good of them that are called according to his purpose, as the Bible says. And so, uh, but it takes everything you ever do in life that is worth keeping takes a faith move. Amen. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Takes a faith move. Yeah. God is all about partnership and he's all about radical obedience. People don't want to be uncomfortable, right? Yeah. It's true. But that's why there's only one TD Jakes. That's why there's only one Randy. That's why there's only one Christine Kane, right? If it was common, everybody would be doing it. Everybody would do it. You know what I'm saying? So... <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. People want what they can feel tangibly. You know, mm-hmm. they have to see that security. Mm-hmm. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Some people just play that safe line and that's okay. But there are a few people who say, I'm going to step in faith with no security. God is my security, but I can't feel God all the time. I can't even hear God all the time. But yet I'm going to step like Peter when he walked out of the boat. He says, I'm going to be the only human being to ever walk on water simply because I believe God. I believe in this man and I'm going to walk by faith because he is Jesus. He's God. And so when Peter stepped out of the boat, the storm was still raging. If you look at that passage of scripture in the New Testament, but if he would have never stepped out, he wouldn't have known the power that was locked on the inside of himself. If he would have waited for the storm to slow down, he would have never figured out that his God is the same God in the peace and the same God in the storm. And so it's all everything it weighs and everything um, it depends on that, you know, faith move, that faith movement forward. Yes, 100 percent. The key is to say yes when he calls. We're so excited to be uh, 
launching and planting Echo Church there in Raleigh, along with um, our executive pastors, the Fords, and, and we just have some amazing people that are coming on the team. And so we're excited about it. So that's what we're doing. And that's the plan. And that's the vision. Big news, big news. I'm excited to have you guys come to Raleigh, and I'm a total foodie, so you best believe I'm going to introduce you to some awesome food joints. <laughs> but August the 16th is going to be our vision night right there in Raleigh, North Carolina, so you can go to echoraleigh.com or myecho.tv, and all the information is right there on our website, or any of the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, at myechochurch. All, all of those are there. So you can follow and like, subscribe and all that stuff. Yes, friends. Um, If you are in the Raleigh area and you're not plugged into a church and you're seeking something that's authentic and different and real, um, we would love to have you come to the Vision Night on August 16th at 6 p.m. at the Pavilion. But you can get the exact address and all the details at echoraleigh.com. So it's echoraleigh.com. Hope to see you there. Well, Randy, this has been so, so good. Thank you so much for coming on today. It has. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for um, thank you for having me on, though. I've loved the podcast slash also talking and just getting to know you, for sure. Same here. And I'm excited for Echo Church and all that God has in store. If you would just end us in prayer. I just want to pray that for every person listening that, um, that you will begin to hear the true voice of God in your life for every area in your life. And I just want to come into an agreement with you right now and pray. God, we thank you for this amazing time, for this amazing podcast. I thank you for Leah today leading this amazing podcast. Thank you for every listener that's listening right now, wherever they may be listening from. And God, I thank you that they're going to walk in your divine appointment and walk in, walk in their divine assignment that you have placed in their life, God. They're going to do those five W's and those five steps to hearing the voice of God. They're going to withdraw. They're going to wait. They're going to watch. They're going to write and they're going to worship you. And God, right now, we just take a moment and we just worship you. We worship you just for who you are. And we thank you in advance for what is yet to come. We thank you. We know that favor is following us as Leah and I have talked about the favor of God and talked about obedience, talked about sacrifice and stepping out on faith. We thank you that God, every person listening right now, this is their season to step out on faith because favor follows faith and obedience. And we just decree and declare it by faith that it is done and it is so in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. And amen. Amen. Bye, Randy. Love you. All right. Bye. Love you too. Make sure to sign up to get all the blog and podcast updates at leahmariecarson.com. Follow on Instagram at The Lens of Faith. Subscribe to The Lens of Faith podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Remember, friends, life becomes clearer when you focus through the lens of faith. Talk to you soon. Bye.